Writer L. Andrews Pat shares more about her writing, the age-old question of plotter versus panster, the dreaded synopsis, and her route to a hybrid writing life, as well as much, much more, especially her views on marketing, in this week's episode of The Right Focus. Welcome to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee, with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Writers, Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, drive a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Well, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, that you sort you write a, a complete book and then you start the revision process. Would you call yourself a plotter or a pantser who then goes plotter mm-hmm. with revision? I I always thought I was a pantser, um, yeah. but once I got an agent, because I have a fancy New York agent, um, he wanted synopsises, you know, of the following mm-hmm. books. Right. So I wrote a synopsis for the second and the third book back in like 2015. And then he didn't end up selling my books to a traditional publisher. They went mm-hmm. into... Um, into the process, like acquiring editors wanted the books, but when they went into marketing meetings uh, into the big five uh, publishing houses, they didn't know how to market my books. Um, they're, fit their they're not that different. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not that different, but but they are greedy with ghosts and and they're still whodunits, mm-hmm. and um, they didn't have what they call comps, so they right. didn't have novels to compare it to. So the acquiring editors couldn't hand it to the marketing department and say, this book is like, uh-huh. you know, this other right. book that, you know, was a bestseller. Um, so um, the, the, you know, when, as it worked its way through the publishing house, they said no. So my agent, you know, encouraged me to go with a small press uh-huh. um, or, you know, an indie publisher. Um, so my books are out with Blue Beach Press and, um, which is which is my press, and I publish anthologies for other authors. So, like uh-huh. we have, we have, I have a, you know, I have fifteen authors, and we publish right. um, anthologies. And some of my stories are in them, and some of you know, some of the the anthologies don't don't have any of my stories in it. But mm-hmm. um, but I put out my mysteries, and um, and they did well, and um. My agent said, okay, so your mysteries are selling well. Do you want me to sell the audio rights? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can do that? And he said, yeah. So I have the print and the ebook rights, and I've sold the audio rights to Podium Publishing, uh-huh. um, which uh, publishes through Audible, and they're huge. You know, they publish Neil Gaiman, and, you know, they, yeah. they have a bunch of authors, and you know, they bought all three books and I only had one out at the time. So, and they did the audible and then I sent them the second book and they've, you know, done the audio for that and have it out and they'll do the audio for the third book. And um, that to me was kind of a revelation that you could sell 
sell rights separately like that anyway. Right. Um, so, you know, that's definitely a hybrid situation. You know, I have a traditional audiobook publisher, but I, uh -huh. you know, published the, you know, books under my own, you know, independent press. So, yeah. So, that so it pays to think about different ways that you can. He sent them. Oh, that's what he sent them the synopsis. That's oh. what he did. And from 2015, when I was going through the traditional book pub publishing process, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> because the second book definitely, um, uh, after, you know, George Floyd, um, uh -huh. that second book is about slavery and the ghost of a slave. And so I had to be very careful, yes. um, you know, as a, as a white female writing or you know writing about this this black male slave uh -huh. and um and the consequences of slavery and human trafficking in today's world right and um and i had to be careful to still keep it entertaining and you know not too preachy and my my main character andrea is an archivist so uh -huh. she does a lot of research and stuff and um so there is a little bit of you know an element of history in the books um and people have seemed to take take to that well. So um, I just have to be really careful with balancing the amount of, you know, here's here's truth and accuracy and historical fiction, and here's entertaining. Wow. So, um, but definitely, if I hadn't already had that synopsis out there, I would have changed that storyline. <laughs> so, but I so so I'm writing to the the third synopsis now, and mm -hmm. so I'm kind of plotting now I've learned to plot um, because I'm I'm trying to stay within the synopsis that I wrote years ago um, wow. while I went away and wrote other things and then came back to the story uh -huh. yeah so I think actually a synopsis is a great way to get into a story and it's kind of a mini plot you know it's not it's not like a two-page plot or a, you know some people do those notebooks you know with their whole wow. plotting circle and you know, get it very detailed and it's fine. Some people need that in their head to organize. Um, but I, I kind of keep the whole story in my head and I actually only write in one document, uh, Word document. I don't write in Scrivener or anything like that. If I have things that I cut or I have um, research that I did or a note that I need to make, it all goes down at the bottom of the document. So and I know it's there if I scroll down to it. So, yep. What length I do a lot of I do a lot of find and search in my document, <laughs> so, and I don't keep my own story bible. Um, um, my my oldest daughter does my story bibles for me. Oh, that's nice because yeah. I usually wind up forgetting something. Uh, oh, it's terrible. Were his eyes brown? <laughs> I change people's <laughs> names halfway through. You know. <laughs> So I, I brought somebody back to life that had died in the first book. And, you know, <laughs> I had to, when I referred to my Bible, I was like, oh, he's dead. Can't, can't use him. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm really good when I have the, when I'm working on the story, but after I'm done with the book, mm -hmm. it, it's gone out of my head. So like, like most things, my kids are always saying, memory loss is, you know, makes things fun and exciting again. <laughs> I have no, I have no, no long-term memory for stories or books or, or my characters even. So I always have to go back and review before I start over again. <laughs> Somebody will ask me about 
one of my early books from 2015 or 2016. I'm going like, I have so many other plots in my head after that. So many yeah. characters. How am I supposed to remember? How long are your synopses? Uh, they're only about 300 words. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're less than a page. So, yeah. I, I found, I call that, uh, I have something that's very, 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 very short. Um, I call it a sort of a sketch because it takes me through some major things. But then I set that aside and just launch into the story. And yeah. if I get stuck, then I look at it. If I don't get stuck, I just blow on through whatever yeah. I had originally yeah. written. Yeah, I definitely have enough plot points in there um, uh, to to go through. Uh, gosh, what is that girl's name? There's If you Google on how how to, to write a synopsis, um, like one of the first top, the, the first two or three entries is from like 2012. And okay. it's, it's a Star Wars example of how to write a synopsis. And it makes you realize that you take everything out of your story. You know, um, you've written a 85,000 word novel, and you have all these secondary plot lines and mm -hmm. um, things that you think are important and characters you think are important and um, and you know this this way of writing a synopsis is you take your main character and mm -hmm. you only tell their part of the story and the rest is kind of by the wayside right um, yeah that's all glommed onto your main your main thread and it clarifies for you what you're writing about and what your through line is. Mm -hmm. um, so if you do that first, before you even start writing, um, you know, you have that bare bones skeleton just, you know, standing there ready for you to attach things to, so, which is great. So. Are there any tools that you use that make your writing life easier? Um, I, unfortunately, I can't be like, oh, I use Scrivener or Snowflake or, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't. I do it all in one Word document. The most important tools that I use are for marketing. Um, uh -huh. I use a tool called Click Magic for tracking links. And people think tracking links are a bad thing, um, but they're but they're not actually. <laughs> they give you a lot of information. Uh -huh. um, so I use um, I use tracking links in all my ads and all my newsletters and in the backs of my books. And uh -huh. the tracking links give me a really pretty um, URL. Um, so you know, my go-to is go.eap. You know for for L Andrews Pat. Uh, uh -huh fiction and um it, so it's it's go.eapfic.com and if you go there you just get to my website but when i add the the back part of the url um i have this pretty little tracking link and then i can see how many people actually clicked on the link uh -huh. um i can't see like where they go or anything it's not like i'm following people through the internet um but i can actually track okay you know I sent out this newsletter and 16 people clicked on this link to um, get a short story that I offered or, uh -huh. you know, 30 people clicked on the link to go to Amazon to buy ghosts. Um, uh -huh. And that to me is super, super useful. And because I do Facebook ads, I can put my Facebook pixel um, in the tracking link. And that way, if I want to uh, retarget 
somebody who's gone and, and you know clicked on the link, I can do that in, in targeted audiences. Um, yeah, in Facebook. Facebook ads have been extremely useful for me. Yeah. And I've done some Amazon advertising and I like that too. When I do promotions, um, like I'll do a BookBab ad or a Book Gorilla ad um, mm -hmm. or get into one of their promos, you know, where it goes out in their newsletters, I use a tracking link because that's the only way I know if my, the money that I gave them was useful. Um, right. You know, if I give them $50 and they sent 200 people to look at my book, yay. Yeah. Um, there's no way so for me to track. return on investment. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way for me to track who, who bought the book because they're buying on Amazon uh -huh. and you have to trust Amazon to tell you, you know, three people bought your book today. Um, right. um, and that's the only way to, to find out. So you can't really link that activity of going to the, um, to the website through your link with conversions, which is how many books were sold. Um, but it gives you, it gives you kind of a rough idea. So, and if you turn off all your ads, then you find out what your actual organic traffic is and, um, how many people are coming on their own. Um, right. And then you turn your ad back on and you get a bunch more sales. You're like, yeah, the ad works. <laughs> <laughs> How do you maintain product productivity? Um, well, sometimes I don't. Um, I, I, think, I think a lot of writers are too focused on um, writing every day. You know, they've heard you have to write every day to be a writer. Nope, you have to write to be a writer. And if you write you know, for six months steadily and, you know, you have a whole book to work on and you're doing rewriting and you only write five days a week or you take three months off um, and then you go, you go back to writing, you're still a writer. Um, right. I can't keep up a uh, steady, um, you know, daily uh, uh -huh. writing goals. And I already know that about myself and it just makes me feel guilty if I try. <laughs> <laughs> So I, so I don't, right. <laughs> and I actually work really good on, uh, deadlines. Um, some people, a deadline will lock them up. Um, Me? but when, yeah, <laughs> but when I have an actual, you know, dated deadline, I, I write really well to that. Okay. Um, yeah. And, um, and I, I know that I need, you know, eight months of writing, um, to get a book out and then mm -hmm. I have to sit on it for another few months um, in order to rewrite it. Right. Uh, yeah, so, and I've gotten with practice, um, I've written, the, the thing about, you know, 10,000, 10,000, you know, uh, hours of, of a skill in order to develop a skill is true. And I've written, um, I think I figured it out. I've written a million and 400,000 some words now right. of story of actual published story that is somewhere that it can be found by other people uh -huh. and um and then I have you know two or three books in a drawer um and one of those I actually really really want to pull out and rewrite um but I'm I'm basically working on my seventh book right now in Wraith and you would think it would get easier and in terms of writing in a linear, like I don't, I don't write in blocks and uh -huh. take my scissors, um, like literally on paper and piece my story together anymore. I I've developed 
the ability to write linearly. So I can start at the beginning and pretty much right through to the end. Uh Um, But you would think that would get easier and it, and it doesn't. Um, It it gets a little bit harder. I think every time I, I go through a book because I know more and then I worry more about, am I getting it right? Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started out with a certain process and then four books in, I had to change my process and I, I've learned that, but I have to keep changing my process. I agree totally. And, and it's not really that, that you have to change it is that you, as you're writing, you're recognizing how your skills are changing and how your process needs to be adjusted to accommodate those skills. Uh So, um, you know, in, in certain regards, practice always makes better in writing practice Uh always, even if nobody's reading it. And, um, and I did, I had a great critique group in Daytona beach. They'd already been meeting for, you know, 25 years when I joined them and I was with them for 12 and we met every week and read, you know, 20 pages from two different people. And you could send a book through in a year, um, by submitting every three or four weeks and, um, and get this great feedback. And a lot of published work came out of that group because we were committed to doing it. But that doesn't mean you have to do it every single day. Wow. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. When I'm unproductive, I'm extremely unproductive. So, yeah. <laughs> and when I'm productive, I, I'm writing all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. To the annoyance of my family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know how that goes. <laughs> Well, according to my timer, um, we still have like three more minutes to go. So do you have any last words or advice that you want to give? Um, for writers, you know, pay attention to the fact that you just can't put your book out there. You do have to market it and it's a business and you do have to invest money into it. And if you right. don't have money, that's fine. You know, if you have a dollar a day, you can run a dollar a day ad on Facebook. Uh And, um, and you, you have to have your title out there somewhere for people to find it and Uh ask for reviews. Um, There are sites that have lists of reviewers and you just write to them and say, um, well, most of the time they'll have a website and you can go and see um, if they even take your genre. And if they do, and you read some of their other reviews on like Goodreads or whatever, you know, write to them and say, will you review this for me? Um, and build an email list with free stories and wow. then ask your email list, you know, hey, who wants an advanced reading copy? I need reviews. And you tell them specifically, you know, you do an, I'm going to give you this advanced copy, but I want a review, an wow. honest review. Um, Amazon requires that you don't ask for a five-star review. You ask for an honest wow. review, but wow. that's how I got my reviews started. Um, yeah. And that's how I keep my story around the, you know, it, it slides back and forth between like the top 50 in uh, ghost fiction to, you know, 110. And it uh-huh. goes in and out. And it's because of my ads. Right. So, yeah. 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 You definitely so marketing definitely is essential to invest in your business. Yeah. Yeah. So a writer has to be a marketer as well. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Mark Dawson's ads for authors, you know, it's uh-huh. 150 bucks or something. And it's the best 150 bucks you'll ever spend. Uh-huh. So um, it's not, 
outrageously expensive. Uh, you know, wow. I think spending up to five hundred, even thousand dollars for marketing tools or education is, uh -huh. you know, money well spent. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much, Al. And thank will you. I see you this Saturday at the meeting? Um. You know. <laughs> you know what? I was going to be there as of Tuesday, and as of now, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's one of those family things. It was like, oh my God, it's Memorial Day, and we were planning to be home. We knew it was Memorial Day, mm -hmm. um, but a friend of ours had their plans change, and they're like, "Will you come with us?" You know, to you know their parents' lake house, and we were like, uh -huh. "Of course." You know, it's my oh, godson. Yeah. I haven't seen sure. him since COVID started. I'm like. Oh. Yeah, if I tell if I tell my family, no, I have to go to a writer's meeting. <laughs> we can't go to the lake. <laughs> you know, some sometimes life is just a little more important than getting those words on the page. <laughs> that is so true. Well, I don't yeah. know how many meetings I've missed because all of a sudden my nephew and my grandnephew, who I rarely see, will show up and I'll go like more important. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. It is, it is. So, but I'm glad you're going. So There'll be a few people there then. It's going to be fun. So, yeah. 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 I had to make to sure first in person out. meeting since COVID. You know, that that's great. So, yep. And it's the well, third. I hear they're going to have bourbon balls, and I'm going yes. to definitely have to have <laughs> some of those. All right. Linda's bourbon balls are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Rock Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.